So for those listeners in Europe, this is your special time. This is your special episode where what we decided to do, we were going to do a combined episode. We have the UK, talk about Europe, talk about the US. And so actually, no, if I'm in Italy, I don't necessarily care what's happening across the Atlantic. You know, I want to know what's happening in my country or where are the main markets within Europe. So we're prepared, doing this episode for you guys and I've got the lovely Katie on the line. A good afternoon, Katie. Hello. Hello. Nice to be here. Finally. Nice I know. I know. We've it a couple of times because poor old Katie's been a bit crock and sounding like a Dalek for a couple of days, quite croaky, but hopefully you're back on top form. What Great. I want to kick it off a bit like with Craig is, well, let's just jump in. What's it been like throughout Europe, just focusing on Europe, post-pandemic i'm going to do another episode for any of the listeners where i do reflect on the year but talk about the year in in europe in treasury recruitment over to you first of all what's the state of it europe was slightly delayed in the aftermath of covid but actually right from the beginning of 2022 it's been very busy i think as we've gone on during the year there's definitely been pockets of regions which have been slightly busier for us so for example the tail end of this year has been very much a focus on Luxembourg and Germany the roles are out there in full force and I think the competition is is a lot higher I think there's also a focus on the fact that there's obviously a, a rise in the cost of living so this is sort of pushing more people to be slightly more open to listening to new opportunities but obviously in turn they're making more conscious decisions before they sort of jump ship into a new position when you say competition's been high is that competition for candidates or is that clients trying to you know there are more roles around or more candidates looking or is it a balance of both what do you well if we go let's, let's talk junior level so junior levels across yeah. europe what's that the junior, level of the market been like junior level of the market has actually been quite tough in terms of recruitment purely because there's such a vast difference between what candidates want in terms of salary versus what clients are prepared to offer and at the junior level of the market there's a lot of roles out there but there are a lot of candidates who are looking and they seem to be inflating the salaries quite significantly so a lot of the business that I've been working on has been on the junior level within Luxembourg. And you're looking at once where you used to be able to get a, somebody with sort of three to five years experience for around sort of the 70,000 mark. Clients are asking for five plus years experience for 65,000, 70. But actually candidates now, because the competition is high, you're looking at dropping that experience level. You can only get somebody with one to two years experience who is open to moving for around 65,000 euros. So quite a jump and a significant increase over the last couple of years. And we talked there, I recently went to the, did the Dublin Treasurer's Conference and that brought on a lot of the time. And this is the influence, again, this sort of, you know, we've joked about flexible working. That five years ago, if someone had come in my office, I'd say, you know, oh, do you embrace flexible working? Yeah, I do. Off you go. Get out. And it was like, mm -hmm. now, you know, we have to embrace it because it's been proven to be the case over two years of COVID. 
you don't need to be in the office five days a week, but there are still some clients saying, oh, we want to get the people back in, but it doesn't seem to necessarily have to be. How, how are you seeing that with the remote working thing versus, and then salaries? Do you think that if you pay a better salary, you're able to then get people to come back in the office or what are your thoughts? It's a very it's an interesting one, actually, because we went, obviously, you and I went to Eurofinance in Austria, and I was obviously having lots of different conversations with various levels of treasury professionals across various parts of Europe. One of the things that kept on coming up was around this whole working from home and remote working. Obviously, there is a consensus these days that actually to be in line with the competition and to be um, attractive to individuals, you have to offer that hybrid working policy of around two to three days working from home. However, what I've sort of found over sort of the last few months is that with this whole thing to do with cost of living and the rising cost of living, I'm finding that a lot more people are more open to going back into the office unless the company is prepared to either pay for or at least contribute towards their internet costs or their electricity costs in order for them to be able to work from home. So that is now becoming a conversation around benefits because for some people, it will work out cheaper to go back into the office than it would be to pay to work from home. But yep. they still want that that work-life balance. You know, at the junior end of the market, those junior individuals want to be back in the office because they like that social interaction. I know clients have sort of spoken to me about the fact that actually in order to create a certain working culture within the business, there needs to be some physical presence within the office and within their teams. But there has been a lot of questions that were asked to me in Austria around are clients looking now at subsidizing internet costs and electricity costs if they're asking people to do that hybrid working solution. And it's an interesting one because then you do have to look at salaries and you have to think, well, actually, you're going to have to put the salaries up even further to be able to cover those costs if you're not having that as an active benefit. So all of those things seem to be pushing those salaries up quite a bit. And, you know, salaries, as we know, during COVID were very flatlined because no one was moving, nothing was happening. So it just seems that the two years that we had, we were in COVID, nothing's moving. Suddenly, those two years of general kind of pay rises have all come in this year. And all these little grey areas are coming into play. And it's how these companies are going to be able to manage those demands, I think, is, is something that is probably going to carry on into 2023. How... Uh, you're giving them advice. You're talking to people. In fact, you've got a couple of final round interviews with a couple of your clients. You, you, yeah. you, you're giving them advice and everything else. How, what advice are you giving them as we do move into 2023 with the treasury job market? I think you know we're gonna on, on the other podcast. I'm gonna do talk about treasury being not recession proof, but recession resistant. You know, ups and downs and everything else. But where do you see it heading as we go into 2023? Is it all going to stop or is it all going to really kick off again or what are your you know again what advice are you giving to people i think they've just got that they're going to have to be slightly reactive to these different situations definitely 
I think, you know, if we go back to working from home or re remote working, whereas I'm sure Craig will probably tell you, and you've quite rightly said at the start of this, that in the UK, working from home was sort of an exception to the rule, whereas in Europe, it's it's always been around. It's, it's not been an exception. So I think actually the whole kind of balance, the hybrid working will still remain in Europe. I think the where the demands are going to be are on those extra benefits. And I've seen that in the last couple of weeks, actually, in regards to, if I go back to Luxembourg again, some of these bigger corporates are pushing boundaries in terms of, of benefits. So where standard holiday in Luxembourg was 25 to 26 days holiday, some of the larger corporates are now setting the trend and are pushing holidays up to 30, between 30 and 34 days. Now, obviously, then you've got, you know, regardless of people interviewing at big corporates or slightly smaller companies, they're still demanding the same level of holiday. So actually, some of my clients are having to have those internal conversations because they need to stay ahead of the curve in order to attract these people in. And I think that's, that's just going to carry on into 2023. And you, you mentioned that you, there's been a, uh, an influx of activity or a lot of roles coming through in Luxembourg, but you don't just cover Luxembourg, do you? We've, no, you uh, did we've some had work a lot. Yeah, what, got, what other agents have you been seeing? So there's Germany, which has suddenly come to life a lot in 2022. There's Amsterdam. We've done quite a bit of work in Belgium, France. So there are... You know, we cover obviously the whole of Europe, but there tends to be sometimes a, a pattern. You know, at the start of the year, there was a lot of focus in Amsterdam and then it moved to sort of Belgium and then Luxembourg and Germany. So they come in in waves, definitely. Yeah, well, that's cool. And obviously, you know, so it sounds like it's not stopping. You say it's just continuing to go. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think it's across all levels. I mean, there hasn't been as much movement at the very senior, senior level, but there's been a lot around sort of definitely at the junior level, mid-management up to head of level. And I think a lot of people are looking at their structures for next year, looking at increasing the support at the junior level. There's been more people moving at the mid-management to sort of head of level. I think, again, as some of the other questions I've had this year have been around businesses in different locations that are looking to set up treasury centres and where in Europe is the best place to set up treasury centres. So, um, you know, and we've just started to see, well, which you'll be able to back up because you've been there recently, more movements in Ireland. And that seems to be one of the locations for companies to set up treasury centres or relocate treasury centres too. It does, and I think falsely, you know, salaries are being pushed up. And when I say falsely, I think it's because there's a lack of, when I went to Dublin, there were some amazing treasury professionals out there, but it was a very limited pool. And, you know, when I was talking to a lot of the guys, I said, yeah, this is this is great. There's you know, great, it's keeping our salaries up and everything else. But the cost of living and getting accommodation was brutal. You know, some of the guys were saying, yeah, we literally can't afford to be in town they're having to move further and further from town because the prices are going up so it's sort of yeah the salary is that much higher yeah but so's your everything you know cost of living but also rental and all the other bits and cost of travel and everything else so 
in actual fact, is you know, net net, it's no real gain for some of them as well. Now, one of the things that was great was you know talking to a lot of the people, and they were starting to say to me, "What do I need to do?" Now, the great thing was conversations. You know, reaching out to us, sending us there. You know, I, I got in fact, I got an email just just beginning of this week where someone said, "Look, I'm happy." I was like, yeah, yeah, of course you're happy. That's why you're sending me a CV. Yeah, you're not that happy then. Yeah. Um, but they were saying, "Look, I'm getting my bonus in February, so I need to start looking now because I'm on three months' notice. By the time you know, I want to be ready. You know, want to be doing interviews in Jan, Feb, March, if possible." Uh, you know, they're very much at the senior end of the market. So I think there are less opportunities there at the moment because a lot of people are have, you know, uh, sitting in their seats and not moving. What would you say people need to do to sort of plan next year or to get ready for it? What are your thoughts? Well, I think if they are open to hearing about opportunities, you know, they're the types of people that we do speak to rather than necessarily the people who are actively on the market. I think they need to obviously do our salary survey so they're aware of sort of Especially where they're sat in the market yeah. yeah that's where so they can see where they're sat in the market sorry to jump in but if only you went to treasurysalary.com we're able to benchmark themselves it's a real survey not made up yeah. numbers from one of our rivals i saw the other day it was just bloody stupid <laughs> but and if only they were benchmarking themselves as of today against 935 oh my goodness we will hit the thousand okay. 935 treasury professionals globally at all levels from treasury assistant to global treasurer it's amazing to get i mean i, I said to you that i should have got craig doing it before because he's really taken this and taken it to the next level so we're going to have a thousand people doing our salary survey that's that's insane but as you say so benchmark your salary by doing that what else sorry i interrupted what else are we can do and I think one of the big things that I've definitely found, and I think we were talking about it recently, was that, you know, obviously to make sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date, obviously make sure that your CV remains a live working document. You've always got it to hand and updated yeah. and current. But I think it's around sort of having, looking at where you are, looking at your goals, where do you want to, where do you want to get to? How do you do that? obviously without selling our services massively obviously podcasts that you do yeah. you know you can listen to top treasurers around how they've got to where they've got to in in their careers and you can see them where the stretch is and I think you know one of the things to remember is that when you do go on an interview or you do have your CV submitted to to a role you need to be looking at what your key achievements what is it that's sort of setting you apart from competition you know what makes you different and that is very much around how are you adding value to your current business and you just mentioning there about the podcast so i'm doing another one reflections of the year but i've just got i mean we've got some incredible people we've got severin yeah. from aliaxis john mcconaughty recently of richemont Kristen ziedler from bosch stefan deal from sap Ben Helsing from P3, Lane Silverman, Andrea, you know, I mean, these are, these are incredible people. It's just, it's just really cool. So I'm just looking at and, it. You know, yeah, and, wow. and they just give you their, they're very transparent. They give you sort of insight around how they've, and they're all very different in terms of how they've got to where they've got to, but it gives you, it, I think it 
makes you start to think about actually for me to get to that stage this is what's missing this is the goal that I need to set myself for next year whether that's still within the company that you're in or whether that opportunity you know will only lie in 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 a different company in a different role again for anyone listening today if you go on there just where do you come which which kind of companies do you talk to in Europe well we've got Equinor we've got Merck We've got Hitachi, we've got Medtronic, we've got ABB, we've got CETA. I'm just going through this. This is just bloody brilliant. Lane, who was XJTI, P3, SAP, yeah, Richemont, uh, Aliaxis, and she was ex Honeywell as well. Chris is a Bosch. Those, the leading global corporates where you guys can really hear how they've got to theirs. So if you're and at earlier stages of your career or at later stages, you want to know what other treasurers doing. Exactly. It's, it's, it's brilliant. There. And you've forgotten Wolfgang. Oh, well, he was, he wasn't this year. He, he was, <laughs> I was he, yeah. Well, again, we're doing this massive campaign for Porsche. And again, one thing I think that you and I have found as well is, you know, exploring, trying to get more, be very pro women, you're a lady. And, you know, and yes. we're trying to sort of, look at that as a thing what we notice it seems to be underrepresented a lot of ladies in the german treasury market so we're particularly trying to help them make the next move give people advice and everything else you know not you know because that's what we believe in we want people to move onwards and upwards within their careers as you say so you know you've got wolfgang he was back at episode yeah god a year ago now 2021 yeah yeah episode 168 for anyone we'll maybe put that in the show notes so any wrap-ups? What what else are we going to say to people to take it away? Because we want to keep these short and sweet. What what are you, you know, so register with us, look at your LinkedIn profile, we'll give you advice. Yeah. Any any t- other final takeaways? I think it's just, a, it's watch this space really, because I think I don't foresee the European markets slowing down particularly. I think there'll be a lot more movement. I do think there's going to be a lot more focus on not just basic salary, but um, benefits. Generally, I think 2023 will be another good year. Great. Thank you, Katie. And anyone listening and wants to hear about the US market, then you can tune into that episode. But, you know, if you're in Italy, you probably, you know, or wherever you might, elsewhere you might be in Europe, we're not that interested. But we look forward to seeing you at one of the many, many conferences we'll be attending next year. There's been a good flow of stuff this year, but looking forward to the end of the year, Euro finance and some of the other bits. But no, thank you for your time today. Hello, it's Mike here again. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. If you did, then maybe you want to follow the show or subscribe depending on where you listen. It's totally free and means that you'll be the first to see each and every week when we release a new show. And maybe whilst you're there, you could even leave a quick review. Reviews and ratings are among the most important metrics for a podcast to effectively rank. And as you can probably appreciate, the podcast is a lot of hard work to produce every week. It'd be amazing. Just take, say, 20 seconds, leave a quick review of my amazing guests and their great career stories. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks very much, and I can't wait to see you soon.